Welcome to Odds Checkers first Monday night football preview where we're joined by two fans of the clubs who know more than anyone about what they expect from their teams. On the Liverpool side, Andrew Beasley, the editor of 12.Football, who also writes a column in the Liverpool Echo based on more the stats side of the game every week. And to my left, Terence Ford, uh, redandbluearmy.co.uk. You can find that on Twitter, uh, an amazing Crystal Palace blog. Let's get straight into it. And, and firstly, I'm going to start with Palace. Most of the attention ahead of this game, Terence, will be on Liverpool. It's only fair that we give you, <laughs> g- give you first run. Um, a fantastic start to the season. Um, how do you judge the summer transfer business that, that you did and how, do you, how high on that list do you rank uh, Wilfred Zaha's new deal that he signed yesterday? Well, starting with Zaha, obviously keeping Wilfred Zaha amongst all the speculation, which is very funny to us in the Crystal Palace world because we all know for a fact that he's not going to leave. It's, it wasn't <laughs> this year. He's, he'd already said it. He's talking to fans at pre-season games. Um, we, we know he's not going anywhere. So just to have it settled with a five-year deal, very, very nice in that. No release clause. So he's, he's showing that he's very dedicated. And obviously that's our biggest piece of business in the summer and of another one off the field, Roy Hodgson signing a new contract adding another year is huge for us. Um, perfect fit, man from Croydon, local lad, supported the team as a boy. He ticks all the boxes for Crystal Palace fans and he's done a fantastic job with us. Um, in terms of outgoings, not keeping Ruben Loftus-Cheek was a bit of a shame and um, we would love to have had him for another season, but that's meant that we've gone out into the market and we've brought in Kiate from West Ham. Um, I think that's a snip at 9.5 million, brilliant yeah. squad player. Um, we signed James Tompkins for a snip as well a couple of seasons ago from West Ham <laughs> and um, he's a fantastic defender. Him and Mamadou Saka never lost a game they've played together at centre-back, so um, that's one for Monday night. <laughs> and, um, and of course, um, Max Meyer's come in as well. Um, lots of bags of potential there. Um, we'll see how he settles in. He's obviously a little bit away from match fitness and probably won't feature on Monday. And uh, Vicente Guaita, who's come in from Getafe, arguably one of the best goalkeepers in the league the last season, promoted team in Getafe, had a plus goal difference. I mean, you'll never see that in the Premier League, a promoted team coming up and um, scoring more than they concede. Um, so as another fantastic addition. And but are, are we even going to see him on, on Monday? Well, no, because... Performance on exactly him? right. His kicks... Uh, Wayne Hennessy was superb against Fulham and um, it's amazing what a bit of competition will do for you. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that people know all about Liverpool's dealings this, this summer. Uh, it looks on paper like arguably one of the best windows anyone's ever seen in the Premier League. But obviously, a lot of money spent do you, do you subscribe to that view? Are you, are you a lot stronger now than you were a year ago? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, there was articles written on the weekend about was this Liverpool's strongest bench ever um, for one game against West Ham. Um, and I think it probably was, to be honest. Um, you know, it's a bit of a cliche with someone like Sturridge. He's like a new signing. But if he can stay fit, proven quality, um, obviously, and uh, he'll be a good addition. Shakiri looks a snip at 13 million. Not sure how much he'll play, but a good addition to the to the squad. Obviously, the main thing was uh, bringing in Allison for £67 million, I think it was. I wasn't as down on Carrius as a lot of Liverpool fans were, or are, um, but obviously after the Champions League final, it was always going to be nigh on impossible to come back from that. I hope Liverpool fans don't turn off having heard, having heard you say that. Like, <laughs> this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. This guy about. knows nothing. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think he, he looks like a good addition, albeit we don't really know what he'll be like yet because he wasn't really tested um, last week against West Ham, but he looks like he should be an excellent signing. Um, Fabinho may take a while to get into the team, possibly, um, and Naby Keita had a really good um, debut. Again, home to West Ham isn't the toughest game, but he looked really good, so uh, he should be a great signing as well. Was there any difference? I mean, obviously, Liverpool have been a bit of a Jekyll and Hyde team 
in the last couple of years when it comes to games against the like of West Ham and Crystal Palace? Was it the same old story or was there any difference to that? You know, it's a bit of a cliche now, but the rock and roll football, was, was that back or was, it, was, it, was there a different style of play to how you approached the West Ham game? I think it was largely the same. I think Liverpool were certainly helped by West Ham playing a high line, which seemed a sort of crazy thing to do, <laughs> um, if you ask me. But I guess that's what the new manager's trying to implement long term, but it possibly wasn't the right move to, to play Liverpool. Um, I, no, I think it was sort of broadly the same. Liverpool created a lot of good chances. Um, you know, it took them a little while to, to break West Ham down, but once they did, there was only going to be one winner, I think. And we heard about the high line, presumably given, you know, the, the stats we saw from Craven Cottage where Fulham were totally dominant in possession at least, but obviously not in terms of the match. Do you expect Palace to sit back and frustrate on, on Monday night or as you're at home, first game of the season, do you think it could be a bit more expansive? No, we've definitely, over the seasons that since we've come back to the Premier League, we've been a bit of a bogey team for Liverpool in that sense of, we do sit very deep. We have so much pace in our team. And I think we're very strong where Liverpool are weak in terms of the style of football they play. So when you look at a pace across our team, you've got Wamba Sakra and Van Arnholt, you've got Jeffrey Schlupp and Wilfried Zaha and Andros Townsend. It would be silly not to just sit in and hit out on the break. Um, it took us a little while to get going against Fulham on the weekend, but you know, Liverpool are expansive. Their fullbacks get forward and it leaves space in. And with Zaha floating in that sort of false nine position, get, he'll definitely pull out wide. And I think it will cause a lot of problems, as we always do, against Liverpool down the flanks. Talking about fullbacks, um, I'm very excited, having read a lot in the last couple of months and, and certainly the last week about Aaron Wan-Bissaka, um, a 20-year-old right winger turned right back. And this will be our first chance to really see him you know, for 90 minutes in a big game. You know, having to deal with some pretty good, uh, pretty good forwards in, in Liverpool's front line. What can you tell us about him? Is he the real deal? And, uh, and you know, what, what should we expect? Well, when he first got his chance in the team last season, he was up against some pretty big teams there, playing May United, Chelsea, uh, Tottenham as well. Acquitted himself very, very well. He's, he has all the attributes that those kind of players don't like. You don't see slide tackling so much in mm. football these days. And he is constantly on the floor slide tackling. And he appears to have Inspector Gadget legs. They just <laughs> keep stretching. Um, there's definitely a penalty involved somewhere at some point, probably this season, where we'll, he'll get one wrong. But he just times his tackles perfectly. He's quick, so if he makes a mistake petitionally, he can get back and, um, again, put in another slide tackle. Um, what we appear to have worked on over the summer is he's heading. He's definitely getting up better now. Um, handle Mitrovic well on the weekend when he pulled wide against him so we're very very excited I'm trying to keep a lid on it at the moment because he's only nine games in and you don't you don't want to pile too much pressure on the kid but um, I think he has a good future ahead of him it's interesting obviously he was having to take on Ryan Sessegnon who's a player we've heard a lot about and I think Ryan Sessegnon was the latest uh, player to just make a nice cosy home in wan pocket for, for most of the game. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, Ed Malian, who's uh, at the Independent, was talking before the game saying that was going to be a really interesting battle and you know, it'd be a real test for um, wan Bissaka up against the bright young English talent. Mm. But um, at the end of the game, everyone's thinking the bright English talent was wearing red and blue. Yeah, absolutely. And another fullback who's obviously a very bright English talent is Trent Alexander-Arnold. Uh, who looks set to carry on at right back. I mean, England fans obviously saw a bit of him in the summer um, and we saw a fair bit of him last season, but how do you judge him and, and how good do you think he could be? I think he could be very good. Um, I'm not sure his long-term future is at right back. I think the club sort of see him as potentially midfielder, um, but it's more about getting him time on the pitch. Right back's a position he can do that. Um, 
he he just offers a lot more going forward than someone like Klein, who uh, missed basically last season through injury, but is is now back. But um, yeah, Alexander Arnold's got much better sort of delivery, crossing, and, and stuff like that. And um, he's even good on like free kicks stuff. Yeah, scored it's great. A, yeah. Scored free kick uh, at least one last season. Um, so yeah, so I mean he's really good. I think he's possibly a little bit rusty. He didn't really have a preseason, um, although he still played a great ball for Kaita for the opening goal last weekend. Um, yeah, no, I think he's another like young kid, obviously a little bit more, um, a little bit more experienced than than Wambasaka. Not obviously exactly the same type of player, but yeah, another very good up and coming right back certainly. Um, we spoke about Roy Hodgson, who obviously had a bit of a torrid time at Anfield and has gone on to, to greater things since. Another player who didn't set the world alight at, at Anfield was Christian Benteke, who had a, endured a, a pretty difficult season last <coughs> season with just three league goals, um, despite, I think, the XG stats that, that you and I look at, suggesting he should have had a lot more than that. Mm. Are you concerned about Benteke this season, or, or are you convinced that the goals will come back? Well, firstly, um, Benteke has a fantastic time at Anfield when he's an opposition player. Yeah. <laughs> five goals he's now got um, at Anfield yeah. against Liverpool. Um, we were saying he has to work very hard this season, Benteke, to be as bad as he was last season. It's just, it's just not possible. Um, he got injured scoring in Denmark on a pre-season friendly and then was out of the rest of the pre-season to the final one against Toulouse. And in that game against Toulouse, a league on side expected to struggle a bit, but he really, really looked like the Benteke of old. He was getting himself about lots of dominant runs, looking very strong. We appeared to pay through his strengths a little bit more, so um, lots of crosses to his head, especially from corner situations, just literally sitting it up there, going attack it, Chris. You're going to win one in three, yeah. and he scored from that. Um, he needs a goal, I think, in the Premier he League. He scored against Fulham, didn't he? It's a great save. Yes, exactly. Um, but we saw him again. That he had a snapshot on the volley from 25 yards, which we haven't seen from Benteke for a couple of years. So there's definitely lots of signs that he's a lot more confident in himself. And um, he worked so hard for the team that, uh, yes, the whole penalty situation last season at Bournemouth when he snatched it off Milivojevic and missed and stuff, there was a whole... For Haral and a lot of fans kind of lost faith in him, but many stuck with him because he was still putting in the shifts. He's running around, and that's what Crystal Palace basically is. I know we pay 30 million for him, and he's considered a big signing, but you're always playing second fiddle to Zaha at Palace, and he has to work hard to create the space for Zaha. So, if I was going to put you on the spot, how many Premier League goals has Benteke scored this season? Uh, I would say somewhere between 12 and 15. Nice. I think he would take that now. Mm. Um, I think, just to add, I think the interesting thing about Benteke when you look across his career is he's always been fairly poor at converting really good chances. I'm not entirely sure why, but it, you could see it in the stats before he joined Liverpool. It happened in his year at Liverpool. It certainly happened last year, mm. as we saw. Um, he's very good at sort of converting those almost half chances, but the really good chances, for some reason, he's not very good at. And he had... Loads of them um, last season. And as we always have to remind ourselves, getting into position to miss those chances is a skill in itself. Absolutely. Which is, yeah. which is important. He's very Absolutely. good at that indeed. Um, before we, we get to any predictions and, and how you think the game's going to go, just another personnel question for those of us who, who saw Liverpool's business, were very impressed by it, and then were maybe a bit surprised to see the midfield three last uh, Sunday being Keita, who we thought would be there, and then Milner and Wijnaldum, two players who maybe we thought would be on the periphery. Mm -hmm. Is that a case of fitness? Is that a case of... of you know, are they the, th the third, first, second and third choice at the moment? Or do you think we're going to slowly see the likes of Fabinho come in? Obviously, Henderson on the bench as well last weekend. Yeah, I mean, um, like Alexander-Arnold, Henderson didn't really have a pre-season. Um, so I'm not surprised that he missed out. I also think it's probably a big ask to completely reshape your midfield yeah. um, for the new season. Maybe introduce one at a time to, to the existing players. 
I mean, the other thing as well is, I mean, Milner seems to be actually getting better and better. Since he joined Liverpool, I think he's been, is this his fourth season maybe? But he seems to be getting better as he gets older at Liverpool. And um, Wijnaldum's one of those players who probably, if you don't watch Liverpool every week, you perhaps don't know what he does. I mean, it's certainly fair to say he doesn't get enough goals and assists. He should be getting more than he is. Um, But uh, no, I think he's sort of better than a lot of fans of other clubs would think. And uh, he certainly played very well against uh, West Ham, so I think it was the right choice. So I'd imagine he'll um, keep his place. It wouldn't surprise me if it was the same three uh, again on Monday night. So prediction time, and we haven't even spoken about Salah. How great is this? This is, this is, the, first, this is the first video on Liverpool. <clears throat> no need to. We all know all about him and obviously getting off the mark um, straight away for this season. We can expect more of that. But uh, yeah, so obviously Liverpool are the four to nine favourites here. Uh, Crystal Palace, seven to one. Um, coming to you first, Terence, what, what do you think? How do you think the game is going to go? Are you expecting goals? Do you think you're going to nick something? What do you reckon? Um, historically, again, since we've come to the Premier League, they've been fairly tight, the games. Um, the only times that teams have threatened to run away with it was the 3-0 win, the famous 3-3 game, but we came back into that. And Palace actually won 3-1 twice, twice in the space of a year against Liverpool. But other than that, it always tends to be a goal. It's very tight just like it was at the back end of last season in, well, in both games actually um, early on in the season I think it was second game again wasn't it so um, Mane scored in that from a catastrophic error at the back otherwise it would have been a nil-nil draw I think Benteke missed a really good chance in that one as well from a cutback and um, another defensive mistake gave Salah an open goal at the back end of last season so I think it will be tight one goal either way um, I always find it tough to predict Palace to lose so I'm going to say 2-1 Palace Andrew wouldn't expect anything else. <laughs> um, one thing I noticed since um, Palace came last came back to the Premier League, um, Liverpool have played at Selhurst Park six times, and every single one has seen both teams score, and every single one has seen over 2.5 goals. Um, what's also interesting um, is that since Klopp took over, Liverpool have conceded first and won nine times in the league, twice at Selhurst Park. I'm not saying that's definitely going to happen on Monday, um, but it has happened um, twice in his three trips to, uh, to Selhurst Park since he took over. Um, I think, although, every team, although you play every team home and away, I think there's good times and bad times to play teams. And I think playing Palace away in their first home game in an evening game is not a good time to be playing Palace. So I think it's going to be very tough. It wouldn't surprise me again if it was another 2-1. Um, obviously to Liverpool. Um, but yeah, it, it could be another game where perhaps Liverpool have to come from behind or work really hard. I think they certainly have to work hard to break Palace down. I don't think it's going to be, whichever way it goes, probably one goal either way, um, as we say. So 2-1 seems to be the score. I'm shocked that the Palace fan is predicting a Palace win and the Liverpool fan a Liverpool win. But goals galore in Monday Night Football. I hope you've enjoyed this. I hope you've gained something from the video. Uh, you can follow Andrew at Base Tuned to Red on Twitter. And you can read his column on Liverpool Echo and check out 12.football and as I said Terence here redandblueArmy.co.uk